Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Akuo. I'm so excited to keep on going with this year. This has been such a great year for us. And, and if you spend any time with us, you know about the God-given word that we are living out right now. It's ready. And the idea behind this is that we are ready right now is currently constructed, right? The way that we have been put together, we are ready right now to make an impact on this world. We're ready to listen to God. We're ready to love people. We're ready to learn our purpose. And we are ready to link to our community. Now, as we continue to move through this series that we're in right now called Second Nature, we are seeing how Jesus' most famous sermon he ever delivered will help us live out this readiness every single day by leaning on what Jesus has asked us to do, which is develop a second nature, which is really developing the nature of Jesus. Now, before we go any further, let's just go ahead and take a moment to pray. So Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for the time that you have given to us here. We ask that as you speak to us, that we'd be able to hear you today. We pray that you would move through this message. We pray that you would spur us in the right direction to develop the nature that you want us to develop, Lord. Help us have the heart for people that you have. We thank you for everything, Jesus, and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Okay, now to get this message kicked off, I want to do a little bit of a vocabulary lesson. There's a term for something that when a bad situation gets worse. And this term for something is already kind of, is when something's already kind of messed up and something new is introduced to the situation and it takes it to like a new level of messed up that hadn't been reached before. The term is exacerbate. Now to make a problem, we'll, we'll show you the, the definition right here, to make a problem, bad situation, or negative feeling worse. So here's just a quick example. How many of you have, have ever thrown like raw chicken or raw meat of some sort into the trash can, but it took a few days before you like took it to the trash can outside? Well, that trash can can get pretty smelly, right? Or who listening here has ever let milk go bad? Not a pleasant smell. Both of those things are very, very smelly on their own, but when you combine them, it exacerbates the situation. And there's actually an urban legend about this that I remember hearing about in high school. The idea that if you combine the two, raw chicken and milk, into a mason jar, then hide the mason jar, you know, tighten it up, put that thing on top, tighten it up, and then hide it somewhere where it'll get heated up, basically anywhere outside during the Texas summer, then these two things will join forces and create a gas and bacteria that is so strong, it'll actually break the jar open and the stink will be so bad that allegedly it'll make a house an uninhabitable. People have to move out of their house if they can't find this jar and clean it up. So the two smells, the rotting chicken and the expiring milk, they are enough to make a grown person puke, but when you combine the two of them together, they become so overwhelming that people have allegedly moved out of their homes because they couldn't fix it. When combined, the smell is exacerbated. And we actually see something like this happening in Jesus' Jesus's most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. 
You see, last week we talked about lust and how that can lead to adultery, and really how lust is adultery. We read that Jesus was telling us lust is so destructive that you can live in a hell on earth type of life. So it is important for us to get that out of our lives, so much so that if you have to gouge your eye out or cut off your own hand to stop, then that's what you got to do. Lust on its own is pretty bad, very stinky. But what if it gets exacerbated? What if we combine it with something else? What might that lead to? Well, actually, Jesus builds us like a nice sandwich, right? One side of the bread is lust, then on the inside is the meat of this like stinker, and then on the bottom is the, another piece of it. Now, what comes first in the scripture is the meat, but I actually want to show you that other slice of bread on the bottom that holds all of this rancidness together. Let's see how Jesus explains it. He says, you've also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven because heaven is God's throne and do not say by the earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple yes I will or no I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. So on one side you have lust. Then on the other you have breaking vows. Essentially not being able to stay true to your word. Here is why Jesus had to call this out. He says, you have heard, right? So at that time, the religious leaders of their day had developed an elaborate system of oaths. They taught the people of Israel that by swearing by God's name, something was binding. By swearing by heaven and earth, it actually wasn't binding. Swearing toward Jerusalem was binding, but swearing by Jerusalem was not. It's very, which sounds very confusing, uh, because it is. And people took advantage of this. In some cases, people would deceive others by appealing to other authorities or other things, you know? So these oaths had basically become a huge problem. And I'm not sure how much of it had to do with the actual oath itself, but really, as we've been learning in this Second Nature series, there is a heart issue that Jesus is trying to break down. And that's why he goes, so I say. Jesus is trying to cut through all the oaths because people shouldn't have to swear by God or Jerusalem. Their word should be enough. They should be honest enough that people just believe them and they don't have to make an oath. In reality, Jesus is getting to the issue of honesty. Jesus is explaining that no, I won't, and yes, I will, should be enough. Now, have y'all ever had that friend or dated that person? Any time that something came into question, they'd be quick to say, oh, I swear on my mother, or I swear on my grandma's grave, or I, I swear to God. Someone that is trustworthy won't need all that stuff. And when people have to add all these oaths and swears to what they are saying, well, they're telling on themselves. What they're telling you is that their usual speech can't be trusted, that they have to add this thing on so they can be trusted. So when you find yourself in these spots, for you, ditch the oaths, ditch the swears, let your yes, I will be a yes, let your no, I won't be a no. Just tell the truth and follow through with that. Y'all, this is real. If you're someone that has trouble with that, for whatever reason, I want you to develop a, a second nature, one that is honest. For one, Jesus wants you to. That's a great reason. But also, telling the truth will make your life easier. 
You don't have to lie. You don't have to worry about the follow through and everything. You won't have to juggle in your head all the lies you've been telling. You won't have to spend all this time and effort keeping up with who knows what. You won't have to worry that today is the day that you might get found out. You just get to live. It's so much easier, especially when you find yourself in a relationship, romantic or platonic. And this connects all back to the bread. You see, one side of that bread sandwich is lust. On the other side, that bread holding the sandwich together, dishonesty. So let's say you find yourself in a marriage. That person you're married to is a liar constantly, right? Then they exacerbate the situation by being full of lust and adultery. How do you think that marriage is going to end up? Well, Jesus talks about that. The meat, the situation that lust and lies will lead to us is this. Here's what Jesus says. You've heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. Y'all, it's divorce. The smell that is breaking through the jar is divorce. Bad enough to drive you out of your home. Again, Jesus is calling out. You have heard the law say, because this is the part that has been taught to the Jewish people. This is what they know already. When he says you've heard it, it's because they have. Here's what Jesus is referring to in the Jewish scripture, which we would call the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, it is written, Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. But if a second husband also turns against her, writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away, or if he dies, the first husband may not marry again, for she has been defiled. That would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring your guilt upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession. There's a line in there that really just opens the floodgates for divorce back in ancient Israel. If a man discovers something wrong with his wife, he can hand her this document of divorce. So back in this time, the husband could find almost any reason to divorce his wife so long as he wrote it down and handed it to her. That would be the thing, right? So he could basically just do anything and figure out a way to run his wife off. It was absolutely crazy. But remember what Jesus has been doing in this Sermon on the Mount. You have heard old law, but Jesus was here to raise the bar. Jesus wants us to develop a second nature, something better than what we had heard. Let's go back to Jesus. He says, but I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. So we're back to adultery. Jesus is saying, no, you can't get divorced for dumb reasons anymore. For, because there wasn't really anything wrong with your marriage. He's like, bro, the problem's you. Like all the other things we have been reading through in the series, Jesus isn't worried about the symptoms of what's going on. He's getting to the roots of the problem. He's saying divorces aren't happening because of those really good reasons back then. They were happening because people were messed up, because they were living lives of lust and adultery, because they were living lives of mistrust and dishonesty. So once again, Jesus is raising that bar. He is going above and beyond to make a point. He's saying, don't get divorced or you're committing adultery. Now, he does make a concession. If the, your spouse has been unfaithful to you, then you can get the divorce. 
Now, with that being said, in that phrase, it connects literally to adultery, but also connects to a phrase that Jew, the Jewish people uh, would be using uh, as an uh, idolater or someone who is walking away from the way God called someone to worship. So if you use that logic and apply it to marriage, the case can be made that being in an abusive of any kind of relationship would be enough to check that box as well. Because they made vows to God, because they did this in a certain way, and they weren't upholding their end of the bargain. This all ties in with the second nature that Jesus has been speaking about through his entire Sermon on the Mount. It's not enough to not kill. It's not enough to not commit adultery. It's not enough to make a vow or an oath. You actually have to walk it through. Here Jesus is saying, if you get married, you need to stick with it. He's raising the bar for all these frivolous divorces. He's saying, you should be married. And if you're going to get married and you get divorced, you're going to be an adulterer too, which under the law back then was punishable by a bunch of rocks being thrown at you until you die. So Jesus is explaining the seriousness that one needs to enter into and hold onto in a marriage, even though it's viewed in such an insignificant way back then. I'm going to stop right here. I need to make a quick aside about this. Now, for those of you that have been married before and have gotten a divorce before, this is not a condemnation of what you have done or had done to you in the past. What has been done is done. The forgiveness of Jesus knows no end. Jesus isn't here to heap guilt and shame on you about your past. He is actually here to redeem you and lift you up to a hope and a future eternity and a future here on earth that you didn't have before. This is actually for the people that are currently married and the folks that are looking to enter into a marriage relationship. Again, Jesus is raising the bar. He's making sure that you know exactly how seriously people need to take the covenant of marriage. He's using that hyperbole to make a point. But we have to be better than what was going on during the time of Jesus. We have to be more committed to our marriages than those times because Jesus showed us how to live. That is the way we love everyone, right? He showed us how to love, especially our spouses. And this can be connected to something that came from one of my role models that I've had in my life, not only someone that, I, that knew how to keep a healthy marriage, but someone that knew how to coach a football team. That's right. Coach Eric Taylor from Fighting Night Lights said this, marriage requires maturity. Marriage requires two people who for the rest of their lives are willing to listen, to really listen to each other. And that marriage requires the greatest of all things, which is compromise. Now, this is a really nice thing to say, a, a beautiful sentiment. But Coach Taylor may have pulled most of this straight from the New Testament. As a matter of fact, we see something similar written to the Ephesians by the Apostle Paul. Here is what Paul has to say about this topic. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So Paul writes that, make sure that you are mature, like Coach Taylor said. And then after that, Paul writes about how we need to make the most of every opportunity we have in our lives, to live in a way that God would want us to with his second nature filled with the Holy Spirit. And from there, this is what he writes next. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present 
to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. All right, you can see that Coach Taylor totally ripped us off. Paul writes that wives are called to submit to their husbands. And I know this sounds hard. I can understand that this is a tough thing to be asked. I mean, who wants to submit fully to anyone in this world? No one, including me. But you got to keep reading through this, right? In this next part, we see all of us husbands. It says we are supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And we know that is a lot because Jesus died for the church. That's, that's a lot to, to be asking, right? And I'm sure a lot of you listening, a lot of you husbands listening would be like, yeah, I'll jump in front of a bullet. Yeah, I'll fight off a bear, whatever I got to do. But that's only a part of it, actually. Because remember that Jesus didn't just die for the church. Jesus also lived his entire life for the church. Everything Jesus did was for the church. So husbands, we're all called to love our wives in the same way. A way where we are living our life for our wives, loving them the way that Jesus loved us, which was a life of loving submission. Now that compromise that Coach Taylor was talking about seems so much easier than submitting from both sides because compromise isn't actually enough. Compromise is meeting someone in the middle and being upset that you had to go that far. Submitting is throwing yourself all the way, all the way to the other person's side, especially when you don't want to. This is the second nature that Jesus has been calling us to. Our first nature is to do whatever we want, what is best and easiest for us. But the second nature that we are called to as married people is doing whatever we can for our spouse. Y'all, this is a cycle that will feed into the other person. Husbands, the more that you submit yourself, lay your life down for your wife and love them like Christ loved the church, the more willing they will be to submit to you. Then wives, the more that you trust and respect your husbands enough to submit to them, the more that they're going to be willing to love you like Jesus. When both sides are doing their part, it's a beautiful relationship to be in. And on top of all that, this is a metaphor for what Jesus did for us. Marriage metaphors are used regularly when it comes to Jesus submitting himself for laying his life down for us, which is why this is a relationship we need to take seriously. We have to raise the sense of urgency we have in being good submitting husbands, good submitting wives, and upholding our marriages. That won't exacerbate problems. That will help bring them down. It will calm a marriage. It will remove the stink. To live and love the way Jesus asks to, that's what we're called to do, develop a second nature. And the first step to living a life like this, to having a marriage like this, is by allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and show us the best way to love the people around us. And we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe in Jesus, believe that Jesus is who he said he was, God walking the earth in human form believing that Jesus did what is recorded about him, that he led a life without sin, sacrificed his life, then rose back to life and went into heaven. If you believe that, 
then you can have access to these blessings. If you've never believed and you want to confirm your belief right now, or maybe you want to take a moment to like jump back in. You've been far away and today you want to like say it again. I want to lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. And in this prayer, you just simply confirm your trust and faith in him. And what I'm going to do is ask the entire Akuo community to pray along with you because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community here with you. When things are hard, we won't leave you alone. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this. Just between you and him, just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now we are a kuo, and a kuo means to listen, and we want to make sure that we listen to God. It's what we do, it's what we're all about. And that's why every single week within our message, within our services, we give you a chance to sit back and ask God a question and give him the opportunity to answer that. Now, when you ask this question, question and sit down and listen, you might get a picture in your mind, you might hear a thought get spoken out of nowhere, or maybe you're actually gonna hear an audible voice. Maybe nothing will happen. No matter what, you sitting in front of God and spending this time with him is the best thing you can do because the best ability that any of us can have when it comes to God is availability. Okay, so just between you and Jesus, I want you to ask this question. Just ask him, Jesus, how can I be better in submitting in my relationships? All right, I'll give you a couple minutes to listen and I'll come back and to finish out our prayer.
Jesus, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, will you please help us marry folks to be better spouses? Will you help the ones that aren't married to be the best in all of their relationships? Jesus, please help our yeses be yes and our noes be noes. Jesus, heal the hurts and scars from divorce of anybody that's listening to this right now. And Jesus, help us see how you are loving all of us right now. Thank you for everything. We love you, Jesus. And we pray these things in your holy and mighty and precious name. Amen. Now, before we go, let me just few, share a few things that we have going on. Now, we are always looking for ways to link to our community, and we have something lined up once again. We are partnering with FeedSA to help stock the food bank. Now, FeedSA is an initiative that was started at City Church many years ago to help the San Antonio Food Bank in the summer when their donations go down and the needs in the community for food actually goes up because it's summertime, kids are at home, there's extra meals needed on the, by the families. So what we're going to be doing is making donations to the food bank over the next few weeks. We're going to get one of those red bins to put out during our services, and you can drop off some food in that way, or you can give money. For every dollar that we give the food bank, it's able to use that money to buy seven meals. And to make it easy to donate to them, we have put a new line item on our online giving when you do that electronically. Now, we will be taking our final donations for this between now and June 11th. June 11th will be the last day, and we'll also be providing a little bit from the Akuo community as well, from the Akuo organization. We will be doing our best to throw in with all of you. Now here at Akuo Church, when you give, when you are generous here, I want you to know that you are really being generous through Akuo. Not to Akuo, but to your community through Akuo. Now in this, we all know that God wants us to be generous with this church. God wants us to live that second nature. God calls us for something more than just thinking about ourselves. And so when you give here to Kuo, we don't want you to be worried about all oh, this percentage, following this law, doing this thing. No, I want you to talk to God and ask him how much you should be giving. And that little voice, that random thought, that's the amount that you should be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start in this, maybe you haven't heard from God yet in this, one of the many ways you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place that you start. However, we don't want this to be a burden for you. Again, we want this to be a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus, where you're giving back the things that he has given you. This isn't a thing where you give something and you like expect something back. We just want you to be connected to the Lord in every single facet of your life, including with your resources. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. If you need some help, get linked up to us. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, please let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church or call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text ACUO 
A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we will be praying for you now and throughout the rest of the week. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the way that you're moving. I thank you for the way that you've been loving us. I pray that as we leave here, that you would be reminding us what it looks like to lay our lives down for each other. I pray that you would show us what it looks like to truly love the person across from us. I pray that you would bless all the married folks that are listening to this message right now. I pray that you would bless their marriages and show them how to love their spouse better. I pray for all the folks that are getting ready to get married. I pray that you would show them the way that you want them to live their lives in marriage. And I pray for the folks that are far away from getting married right now, Lord. I pray that you would be with them and show them how much you love them and are with them in every single facet of their lives. Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.